you know what? I usually, you know, I come and I say just welcome Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. But I don't even think I've slept since last night. I don't think anybody here on the East Coast has slept since last night if you're an NBA fan. Or just a sports fan, period. I mean, to just put in the words to describe what was going on last night, especially in the NBA, you had two games going on. ESPN, mind you, probably banked very well for those two games in terms of viewers. You had Kobe Bryant's last game. You had probably millions of people watching that on ESPN2. And then you have on on ESPN1, you know, chasing history, 73 wins. And how important that is to just the NBA's history, NBA's culture. Both of those games going on at the same time. It's funny because you're thinking about what, you know, how how you expect the games to go down. Because I personally was thinking, okay, let me watch some of the Kobe beginning and then some of the end because he's not going to do much in the game, right? That's that's probably the, the thought because of all season he's been struggling. So I figured I'll watch a little bit of Golden State game and Steph Curry went off. You know, he decided he wanted to go for 400 three-pointers for the season. He wanted to put that record way out of reach. You had that going on. Then you flipped the channel over to ESPN2 or if you were like me and you had one game on two TVs or one game on a computer because they had it on the watch ESPN app. You had Kobe Bryant just starts going off against the Utah Jazz. Now, granted, I think it would be a little bit different if the Utah Jazz were still in playoff eligibility in a, in a sense because they did get eliminated because of Houston's win earlier in the day. So a lot of the steam was taken out of their sails for the most part, or wind, I should say. But watching that game, and and I'm talking about the Kobe Bryant game, and just watching how the crowd reacted, and this is the first time ever. He, he makes mention to this heavily, saying how everybody wanted him to shoot. Like, that was the main thing. They wanted him to shoot. They didn't want him to pass it. All the years, I see for a good 19 years of his career, they have been saying, hey, Kobe needs to pass more. Kobe needs to pass more. We know he has the most missed shots in uh, NBA history puts up 50 shots and I was joking yesterday when we did the Kobe Bryant special that maybe it would be like 35 shots around that you know in that ballpark Kobe decides listen my shoulder is hanging on by a string let's stretch it as far as we can one more time 50 shots I mean (laughs) It was incredible, and, and you kind of get lost in the moment because, especially at the end of the game, the, the Lakers are trailing most of it. He just got hot. It felt like vintage Mamba. The guy was was tough to guard. He was making the jump shots like he used to. And uh, you could tell he was in the zone. I mean, 60 points. 60, like, who would have really predicted that? I know Shaq, and I played this clip yesterday. Shaq... He requested that Kobe go for 50 on his final game. And Kobe was like, oh, there's no way, you know, I'm not going to do that, blah, blah, blah. He's right. He went for 60. My goodness. I mean, I this is beyond any expectation. It, it kind of took a little bit of the 
of the praise away from Golden State, it was hard to balance it because you have to give Kobe his due. The guy, 20 years in the league, on his final game, no one, I think no one else in history will ever match that or surpass that. He dropped 60 on his final game. I don't know if the word beyond legendary, words beyond legendary even sum up what went on. I'm still at a loss of words, to be honest with you. But you switch it over to the Golden State game. They pretty much had Memphis dead to rights. I mean, Memphis is a, a broken down team. I don't see them getting out of the first round. And man, it's like, it's like crazy. It was so insane for the simple fact that you're looking at a team that just had everything going from the entire year, and they were able to pull off that 73rd, that 73rd win. And you know, we're talking so casual about it. There are 82 games in a year. You're talking about you have to keep a team together, injury-free, off of a title. So that means the target is squarely on them. They're not a surprise to anybody. Everybody knows who they are. Steph Curry's the best player in the league, but yet no one can seem to, to find a way to stop him. And for all 82 games, they, they were giving teams the business? It's incredible. It was just an incredible night last night. I, I, lo- I didn't sleep. I, I don't know. It's It was just one of those nights where you enjoyed it. You became a kid again watching Kobe just go off on people. Seeing guys like uh, Jay-Z, Kanye West, just sitting in the stands, just enjoying the moment. I'm going to get into the whole ambiance of it in the second hour. I'm actually going to just play a lot of the collection of the audio from both games because it was incredible stuff. From Steph's put, Steph put up over 40 again. And he hit 400. He hit 400 threes in a season. Can we really put that in perspective, people? 400 three pointers in a season made. That's. These are video game numbers. And I'm not talking about like on All Star mode. I'm talking about on novice, beginner mode, video game numbers. And and it's funny because lost in the shuffle was the fact that the NHL playoffs started yesterday and it was some good games the Rangers took a took a loss not only in the game but Henrik Lundqvist getting hurt at the end of the first period they got a tough one with Pittsburgh because uh without McDonough they just they have a whole bunch of issues there it doesn't look very promising for them look like you have a good series with Detroit and Tampa Bay Detroit is looking like they're gonna make a game of make a series of it. Tampa Bay picked up the W, and then the the nightcap. We had an overtime game. Expect a lot more of those for the rest of the postseason. Overtime between St. Louis and Chicago, and St. Louis winning in overtime, one nothing. And this is tough because you, you talk about a team like Chicago. With Patrick Kane and uh, just the rest of their team, they score so many goals per game. The uh, Blues goalie, uh, I mean, come on. Brian Elliott, 35 saves in that game against a great team like that. It's tough. Got a couple of good games going on tonight. 
the Islanders. They start their uh, their playoff series against the Florida Panthers in Florida. You also got Philadelphia and Washington. That should be a fun series, even though Washington's been dominant all year. They seem to struggle with Philly late in the season. That could be fun. You got Dallas taking on Minnesota, and as well as the Kings take on San Jose for the nightcap. So a lot of NHL fun going on. But like I said, it's been such a busy, busy couple of days of sports. I'm just like giving you a little bit of this, giving you a little bit of that. We got that going on. Just also a real quick note with the Rangers, an eye specialist as is being used to examine um, Lundqvist because he did get a stick to the eye by accident and uh, a bit of a low blow taken by the puck in a, in a weird shot towards the end of that period. He really got, he got nicked up pretty bad. So uh, I don't know if he's going to go for uh, game two. They're definitely going to check that out. But um, interesting, just very interesting stuff. Like I said, that's just the NHL alone. Tonight, we got the WNBA draft. Yes, the WNBA draft. That's going to be going on ESPN2 as well as ESPNU. So uh, that's always a little bit. It's exciting. If you know the, the players, especially a lot of them, you know, from Connecticut, from college basketball, they just ended about two weeks ago. And, you know, they have the draft. So it's like a quick turnaround because the season starts in about another month. So you that you got that going. But uh, just when you thought, like, I already had a full slate today. I had to change up the show a little bit because we had breaking news this morning. Right when I wake up, I get an alert talking about the the St. Louis, not the St. Louis, I'm sorry. Look at me. I'm still calling them St. Louis. The L.A. Rams now have the number one pick. They have made a trade with the uh, t- with the Titans, and it's it's an insane deal. I mean, you're talking about... The, the Titans, they send their fir- the first pick overall, as well as picks in the fourth and sixth rounds to uh, the L.A. Rams for a, a number of different picks. And obviously, their number one pick, which was number 15, and then two second-round picks, that's number 43 and 45, as well as a third-round pick, number 76 this year, are going to Tennessee in exchange for that top pick. Now, the Rams is a million different questions in regards to what they're going to do. Obviously, it all starts at the quarterback position for a lot of people. You got a great running back. What are you going to do at the quarterback position? Is Nick Foles the answer? This might be answered now because you got these these young quarterbacks that I honestly am not really high on. I think these guys are maybe second round, third round quarterbacks in a good draft. But because this is not a deep draft in terms of quarterbacks, they are the top guys available. And it looks like the Rams are making a deal to move up with that. It's it's gonna be one of those type of weird scouting moments because this kind of changes the co complexity of draft. I, I know I always talk to Stan Talois. It's funny because he had his mock draft ready to go. Now he has to make some changes after this deal because I'm telling you, this was this was this was a shocker for a lot of people and. uh I'm thankful that I'm able to get an uh, interview in regards to it. I got uh, Joe McAtee from, from SB Nation. He's going to, uh, to he's going to call in and actually give his thoughts. He covers the LA Rams for SB Nation. And it's, it's really interesting. I, I did not see this coming. I, I don't know if many people saw this coming. The Rams deciding they want to move up to the number one spot. It was almost something similar out of the movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner. I don't know if anybody saw that movie. Like, let's make a deal, you know, early in the morning and trade the number one pick. Like, that's 
because that that happens, right? That happens all the time. They trade the number one pick. So that's that's really the uh, the interesting thing of it. But um, I guess I'm going to be taking a lot of calls in regards to what happened last night in the NBA with either the Rams or the Kobe Bryant finale, which was, once again, phenomenal. I mean, you can't put that in, into any better words than that. The uh, number is 516-900-2278. I'm also going to take any messages on Twitter, at Ed Easton Jr., if you just have any thoughts regarding that as well. But um, it's... it's <laughs> Man, what a fun night. That's the best way to talk about it, so... Like I said, we're going to get into um, more about this trade because we're still learning the details, what the Rams, who the Rams are targeting. Is it going to be Carson Wentz? Are we are we not sure? Because I keep hearing his name a lot up there. Is it going to be Golf? We don't know. It's going to be, uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, draft now that everybody's draft, mock draft has been thrown out of the window. Let's rip it up because this trade changes so much. And with that being said, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM.
heart made real Or else forget about it Sports Social with Ed Easton. Once again, that number is 516-900-2278. And uh, like I said, we got so much going on. We talk about this trade that's uh, that just went down this morning. I'm going to have Joe McCarty from, from SB Nation, Turf Show Times. And, uh, man, it, it's, it's funny because my whole perception of what the draft was going to be like, it, it quickly changed. Like, really quickly. I mean... At one point, I'm thinking that maybe the quarterback may drop a little bit, a couple of rounds. It might even fall. I, I didn't think – I don't know if Dallas was the reason for this trade. I, there was always a rumor about Dallas possibly taking a quarterback. That was the big rumor out there. Now that this deal is made, was it to avoid Dallas taking a quarterback before St. Louis? I mean, before Los Angeles? We don't know. So we will definitely see. Definitely check with that. But uh, we have a call on the line. Joe, are you there? This is Joe. What's going on? Hey, uh, how you doing, man? We got Joe McCarty once again from Turf from uh, Turf Showtimes. And I have to ask you right away. First of all, thank you for coming on the show. I know this is very sure. short notice. But uh, what are your thoughts on this big trade? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's a big one, right? Uh, I think uh, – you know, first off, it's going to take some time to to kind of uh, let things settle out, especially when you got the next uh, what week and a half, two weeks uh, to to find out where teams are settling into the draft. Because the reality is, it's not just the Rams that are getting affected by this. It's going to be the rest of the NFC West, the rest of the league, um, and we're going to have to see how the draft shakes out. But certainly, it's a move that speaks to how desperate the Rams are to try to get some solution in place at quarterback, something that they've been trying to get for years. You go back to the, you know, the 2006 season, the last time they had a functional offense, it's been a long time uh, for this, for this team to try to get a solution in quarterback that's going to work. Um, and we'll have to see if this is the move that makes it happen. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting because I don't know if they were worried that the quarterback that they're, whoever they're thinking about getting, whether it's Wentz or golf, they felt like they were going to be gone before their pick in the first round. Uh, it's just I'm a little surprised there's so much interest in both of these guys. I, I don't think they, in my opinion, if a good quarterback class would be in the first round. Like, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's tough. I mean, they, you know, the draft stock in and of itself is one thing. I think the other problem is that 
even if they are the guy, you look at what the Rams are mortgaging to get there in terms of uh, not just the the second-round picks and the third-round picks that they gave up from this year's draft, but a first and a third round from the 2017 NFL draft. So even even if there's a guy, a quarterback, that, you, that you know, a year from now, you could have plugged in with whomever you have on the roster at quarterback going into the 2017 draft, that's just an impossibility now. Whoever they take, they're locked in with, and they're going to have to ride with them in a way that they haven't been locked in really since the first two years with Sam Bradford. And, and the risk is that unlike the, the Bradford move where they, A, got to get a guy that they wanted with the number one overall pick without having to sacrifice anything for him. And then D with the Robert Griffin, the third trade two years later had a bunch of draft picks that they could have used to build around that quarterback. Now the Rams are stuck. They're stuck with the quarterback. They're stuck for the most part with the wide receiver group. They have, they're stuck with the offensive line and running back depth chart. I mean, you can make a couple changes, but remember the Rams are coming off a season in which they have the 32nd ranked offense in the NFL. So they're pretty much going all in on the idea that a quarterback is going to be the panacea to fix everything. Do you think uh, possibly the move to Los Angeles kind of helped prompt this move? Because if you're going to have a team in L.A., you kind of want to have a team with a set quarterback that you could build with? You think it's got to, right? I mean, and not just the idea of a quarterback that you can build with, but the hype. You know, the Rams have certainly gone all in on this from the reports that, you know, they, they had an agreement with the league a couple of years ago when they drafted Michael Sam that they wouldn't have to appear on Hard Knocks to the fact that now they're going to be the team on Hard Knocks, having moved to Los Angeles. Recent piece that we covered on Tertial Times, uh, Last week from the Guardian that had talked to some people from the Rams about how they see themselves as being a global ambassador for the league from a business sense and not necessarily a performance wow. sense that, you know, it's not necessarily about winning for the Rams. It's more about making big moves to put themselves at the forefront of the national consciousness. And certainly this is going to be one. We'll just have to see how long it lasts, because if it implodes, you know, the question is, how, mu- how much can style exist over substance? But I think they're having to bet for the next couple of years that it can. Yeah, it's it's very interesting that the fact that they're taking this route, and this is a team that I, I felt like at one point they looked like they were going to be a contender, and then it right. kind of fell off a little bit. And there's so much dedication with Jeff Fisher, and and you know I, I don't know what are your thoughts with Jeff Fisher? Do you feel like he had any say in regards to let's make this move, let's get the first pick, let's get a quarterback? Yeah, it's it's tough to get a sense how much in the building it, when you get toward the draft time is Jeff Fisher's play, and how much is that of general manager less needs. Uh, you got to assume it's more than zero, right? Um, yeah. I, I think the, pro- the problem for the Rams and, you know, this administration between uh, Snead and Fisher is that they're going into year five. This isn't a new front office. This isn't a new coaching staff. At this point, starting with this offseason, you're losing the guys that they brought in. They lost Janoris Jenkins at cornerback, lost Rodney McLeod at safety. Those are guys that they brought in, that they spent a draft pick on Janoris Jenkins, you know, four years ago. So now you're at, you're at a point where you're not necessarily looking at an upward trajectory, the idea that, like you said, they look like they're a team that could, make, that could get over the hump. Now the, the problems that they're having to face are problems that they've created, right, holes and gaps that, that were supposed to be addressed by this point. You look at the wide receiver position, drafted Tavon Austin, drafted Stedman Bailey, drafted Brian Quick, brought in Kenny Britt. Mm-hmm. If those are the moves you're making and they're not working out, you've got nothing else left to blame except yourself for not getting more out of them. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing I'm seeing right now. And, and now, obviously, they're, they're still here with the number one pick. It, it's we're coming down now to the draft. Who do they have? Like, who are they going to go with? Wentz? Are they going to go with golf? Who, who's the guy in your opinion? It's got to be one of the two. I mean, the I, I don't I don't really have an opinion one way or the other. I I, I can see you making a case for either. Uh, Wentz certainly, you know, by most reports and most scouting reports, uh, seems to have more upside, more potential. Goff may be more of a, you know, year one ready guy. 
Um, the problem is that the Rams have put themselves in this position, right? You go back to 2013, mm-hmm. Sam Bradford, your number one overall pick and the franchise quarterback, injures his ACL. And instead of getting any kind of other option, the Rams went all in, assuming that he would be healthy uh, for the 2014 season. You know, they they brought in Sean Hill as a veteran backup, uh, mm-hmm. but certainly had no intentions of playing him and had Austin Davis as a UDFA that they brought back into camp just kind of fill, to fill out the roster. But you get to that Cleveland game in the preseason and lose Sam Bradford on the ACL again, they spent so much time rebuilding elsewhere, especially a running back and cornerback. They never put any capital into QB. And so, you know, they got desperate last year and had to remake the position, not feeling that Bradford was the guy they could trust anymore. And you move for Nick Foles and extend his contract before he's played a game. You trade another pick for Case Keenum. It's one of those things where it's hard to justify in retrospect, but it's even harder to justify, you know, moving forward that they just didn't really have a plan that made much of any sense. So it created that that vacuum of desperation where whether it's golf or whether it's Wentz, they gotta they got to get somebody to try, come and try to change the course of the franchise. Uh, I definitely agree with that. And uh, I just want to get your, your final thought now. We're heading into – uh, the draft, they're obviously going to take a quarterback here. They're going yeah. into hard knocks. So it, it's like the quarterback you're getting, in my opinion, you're throwing them into the fire because not only are you the first quarterback in the new L.A. Rams, but you're also going to be your whole training camp, your first training camp is going to be on hard knocks. Yep. I just feel like it's almost a recipe for disaster. Like there's, there's, there's no real, you know, like safety there for them. Yeah, it might be a recipe for disaster, but let's be honest, we we all gonna watch it, right? Oh yeah, we we'll watch it. <laughs> and I, I think I, I think that's that's more indicative of anything. Is yeah, you're right. It doesn't make a ton of sense where you've got a rookie quarterback on hard knocks, Sean Mannion, your third round pick last year, who only played seven snaps and probably deserved more. Yeah, uh, is coming in. Who knows if he'll be able to compete? You know, the, the Les Snead and Jeff Fisher have said all offseason up to today that Case Keenum was the week one starter. And then you got Nick Foles, who you traded for yeah. and and extended before last season. Who knows how that quarterback battle is going to play out? It, it, it's one of those things where it doesn't make a ton of sense, but you definitely want to see how it's going to happen. Oh, yeah, it'll be definitely entertaining. Uh, a lot of a lot of ratings right there for HBO. Yep. But, uh, Joe, uh, thank you so much, man, for uh, coming on the show. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll see something good out of this uh, Rams team. Yeah, let's hope, man. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. Once again, that was Joe McAtee from Turf Show Times. You can catch down to SB Nation blogs. And, oh, man, just just a very, very, very odd situation going on in Los Angeles with the Rams. I mean, hey, they'll be a show, all right. They will definitely be a show. It's one of those things where I feel like when you see a team make a deal like this, and just as to what Joe was saying, they're desperate. They're desperate for a buzz. They're desperate for attention. They're going to get all the attention in the world now because there's just no way. There's just not a, it's not a deal that makes sense. I could try to put, you know, try to put some type of twist on it where I could say, okay, I see why they did that. I just don't think, you know, you got all the quarterbacks now. They're logged together. You're going to be on hard knocks. You're going to have either Goff or Wentz just hanging out there. They're going to grow up very quickly in front of our eyes, and I think that's that's such a terrible move. I didn't see that coming. I don't know if anyone saw that coming. It's one of those things where you look at the future of the Rams, and you remember where they came from, being the greatest show on turf, being the 
the team in St. Louis and having to have this controversial move to Los Angeles. They got a great running back in Todd Gurley. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, I'm really going to think about this for a while just to find a positive spin on this. But I think the bigger question is how does this affect the rest of the draft? And the NFL draft, like I said, is a couple of weeks away. You know St. Louis, I mean, sorry, keep calling him St. Louis. You know L.A. is taking a quarterback. What does Dallas do now? Does Dallas make a trade here? Because they're, in a, they're in a, really in a, in a situation where they have to make a move. Tony Romo's not going to be a quarterback forever. It's just we knows how we know how they are without another quarterback, and Tony Romo is just not—he's not stable enough. The guy's fragile. He gets hit. He's getting hurt. That's just what's been his mo for, for it seems like his entire career. It's gonna be very, very important for teams to make moves now and I've been hearing about the Eagles interest in Ezekiel Elliott that's a big deal I think Ezekiel Elliott is one of those players that a lot of people are still going to the Giants at one point now he could possibly be possibly be an Eagle and I, and I feel like that'll just ruin things so the Eagles are already a mess at the running back position they don't know what they want to do. So it's it's going to be a, a very interesting situation. And I got a message right now saying that I don't think Dallas is targeting a quarterback. Dallas is going to target a quarterback. They're, not, they're probably not going to say they are. Manziel's out of, out of the picture. I mean, we just had a whole show on Manziel. The guy can't stay sober. So you can't think Johnny Manziel is going to be the pickup. He's not going to be the one that's that's going to drag your uh, team, even as a backup. He's not going to be a good backup. So you think it's him to Dallas, where you saw the whole Greg Hardy experiment. You've seen so many train wrecks when you go to Dallas. Uh, there's no control there. I, I don't see it. I, I just don't see... Dallas avoiding the whole quarterback situation. I think they do take one of those guys. I don't know where else they would go. I mean, they have an offensive line. They have wide receivers. Or a wide receiver, I should say. If they want to do another wide receiver, that'd probably be the other pick, but I don't know. I, I just don't see Dallas leaving the draft without a quarterback. And that's, that's just the way I, I really look at it. It's You need a quarterback to really stabilize your teams. Los Angeles is getting uh, very desperate. They're getting very desperate right now. And I don't know. I'm really at a loss of words when it comes to this, this whole trade and trading weight number one pick. How about we actually look at the Titans? The Titans, they, they pretty much, they made out pretty well with that deal. I don't think they were sure about what they wanted to do with the number one pick anyway. They were pretty comfortable with, obviously, their quarterback. They have a very good quarterback in Mariota who's only going to get better. They pick up DeMarco Murray. 
I I thought they they maybe wanted to fall back because they didn't get a wide receiver late. Is that that's probably the best look right there? These are the thoughts, and you know I'm getting messages now from uh, from Claude here. He's a uh, he's part of Keeping It Real Sports family, and he he's telling me like there's no way Dallas is taking a quarterback. He says they're thinking linebacker, they're thinking running back, they're thinking corner. I agree. But to really say that Dallas is okay with not having a steady backup is, is not real, in my opinion. And we have a Hello? call on the line. Who's this? Sir, may I speak to the person in charge of electric bill? Oh, looks like we got somebody calling for the electric bill. That is a first I had that one. Wow. That is awesome. I had someone call for the electric bill. <laughs> on live radio here on Soundcast FM. That is the best one. That's how you know we're live when you get a phone call like that. <laughs> oh, man. But if you want to call for other things that are sports related, not about the phone bill or the electric bill, I believe, the number is 516-900-2278. That is great. Soundcast <laughs> FM. We're going to step aside, take a break. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton. <laughs> the, electric, the electric bill, you got to make sure that's paid. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. One, two, three, four, five. Everybody in the car, so come on, let's ride to the liquor store around the corner. The boys say they want some gin and juice, but I really don't wanna. Beer buzz like I had last week. I must stay deep, cause talk is cheap. I like Angela, Pamela, Sandra, and Rita And as I continue, you know they're getting sweeter So what can I do? I really bag you, my lord To me, flirting is just like a sport Anything fly, it's all good Let me jump in, please in the trumpet A little bit of Monica in my life A little bit of Erica by my side A little bit of Rita's all I need A little bit of Tina's what I see a little bit of Sandra in the sun A little bit of Mary all night long A little bit of Jessica, here I am A little bit of you makes me your man Jump up and down and move it all around. Shake your hand to the sound. Put your hands on the ground. Take one step left and one step right. One to the front and one to the side. Clap your hands once and clap your hands twice. And if it looks like this, then you're doing it. A little bit of Monica in my life. A little bit of Erica by my side. A little bit of Rita's all I need. A little bit of Tina's what I see. A little bit of Sandra in the sun A little bit of Mary all night long A little bit of Jessica, here I am A little bit of you makes me
That's awesome. I mean, you get a call about the electric bill. That means you know you're electrifying right now. I think that's what happens also when the LA Rams make a ridiculous trade. That's what I feel. LA Rams caused that phone call. 516-900-2278. It's funny because... You know, you, you look at the rest of, and I'm still on this NFL topic right now because NFL just found a way, even through the NBA's, one of the NBA's best nights, they found a way to make their presence known. The NFL. You got to think about what the rest of the draft now, what's what's the, the next path, what's the next move. I look at what the... The New York Giants, there's a lot of talk with them right now. You got Eli Manning talking about how Odell Beckham needs to take his 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 game to another level. That means get out of, you know, Drake's house. Just take it to another level. Become even more of an elite receiver than he is. There have been rumors that the Giants would be interested in drafting another receiver. So Victor Cruz may not even be the number two receiver anymore, which he definitely wasn't last year because he never played. But uh, you, you got those deals going down. I am curious. I, you know, I gotta, like, I'm still looking and trying to find different reasoning for why the uh, why this trade was done. But I don't know if I ever get a, a straight answer. I don't think anybody will know. But it's fine. I'm looking forward to Hard Knocks. As long as it's entertaining. I want it to be entertaining to the level of what the Jets were with with uh, Rex Ryan. Even last year's Hard Knocks was entertaining. I, I had a good time watching that. Definitely want to check that out. Speaking of things to, to check out to watch, and I'm going to have a full recap of it when we come back on Monday. 
How about that 30 for 30 they're going to have with the uh, Orlando Magic that premieres tonight? I mean, that's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's called This Magic Moment. I am really looking forward to that. I was a big Orlando Magic fan, besides being a Knicks fan anyway. That team with Penny Hardaway, Shaquille O'Neal, Dennis Scott, Nick Anderson, Horace Grant, Scott Skiles off the bench. They had a such a great roster, and then obviously Shaq left right when Orlando was that elite team. He left for L.A. For Hollywood. And it was the whole, like, supposed beef with him and Penny Hardaway. They were the original Shaq and Kobe. Before Kobe, it was Penny Hardaway. A lot of people forget that. I am really curious to see how they're going to break that down. Because the Orlando Magic was such a problem for everybody in the, in the NBA. Except for Akeem Olajuwon and Houston Rockets. But let's be honest, they were a great team back then, 95. But uh, to see Orlando and that whole story and what happened really happened, I think that'll be fun to watch. So that's another 30 for 30 that uh, people are looking forward to, and that's going to be for tonight. Uh, I believe it's around 9-ish. So that's also to check out as well, like I said, the WNBA draft tonight. I mean, it's... It's interesting because, you know, I'm I'm going to have a whole thing on the on the whole like Lakers thing. I'm actually getting texts about it. People want to talk about Kobe Bryant's big night. They actually want to talk about Kobe Bryant's big night more than the 73 wins by the Golden State Warriors. And it's hard because now um, here's the ultimate test for me. I tried to see which one was going to be featured on NBA.com like the main feature and it's actually a split between both Kobe by himself next to the Warriors setting 73 that's that's basically what we're looking at here the other big news for all the gamers out there for NBA 2k17 is called the legend edition with Kobe Bryant that's coming out in September I know a lot of people are gonna be picking that up as well as my next guest right here we got him on the line. We got Mr. Stan Talouis, the uh, football guru of Keeping It Real Sports. What's happening? Um, the service might be a little, uh, a little terrible. I'm it's, in, it's okay. I'm in Cliffside Park, New Jersey, right now. It's okay. We'll make it work. But Stan, I understand. First of all, this is very uh, short notice because of the uh, surprise trade this morning. But uh, what do you? What are your thoughts on it? Uh, um, it isn't really. I mean, it comes out like I, you know. You got to think about what I'm trying to do here. Um, I, I do think that they made this trade to go for a quarterback, and like, like uh, the, the 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 guy from the uh, from SB Nation you had going before the LA the LA the LA Rams writer, uh, they have to be going for a quarterback here. It makes sense. Um, I think Jared Goff is is the direction they're going to go in, because you know they'll be in LA. He's from Cal. He's a local guy. He's the safe pick, to be honest with you, because you really don't know what you're getting from Carson Wentz. Yeah, he's got the prototypical size, he's got the speed, but he did go to North Dakota State. Hmm. Okay. So you're still you're still not sold on Wentz. I get that. So, Stan, you still there? 
Nope. Knew we were going to lose Stan. It's okay. No, I hear you. What's up? Oh, yeah. I'm going to make sure you're there, man, because I know you're, uh, yeah, yeah. you're having a, you're having connection issues over there. But uh, real quick, because I know you can't really talk much, What? how does this change the draft? Yeah, it changes it a few, a few ways. If the Rams really do take a quarterback at number one, with, if, if it's Jared Goff or Carson Wentz, whoever it is, it changes the complexion for the Cowboys because the Cowboys were thinking about taking a quarterback as a, uh, as a replacement eventually for Romo. They don't have to do that, but they were thinking about it. Now, the, the Browns are definitely taking a quarterback. So you're talking about the top two quarterbacks being gone by one and two. So that means any other team that was considering taking a quarterback that wanted to trade up at, with, with, at, at maybe three or, or five or – or somewhere in the top in the top ten to get a quarterback won't be able to because there's a good chance both quarterbacks will be gone. Now you're talking about guys like Paxton Lynch getting drafted a lot earlier. You know, you're talking about Chicago maybe taking them early in, in the top fifteen. Um, you're talking about you know maybe Denver. Denver was considering taking a quarterback even though you know they're, they're, they're still not sure whether they're going to trade for Colin Kaepernick yet or how that's going to shake out. So you're talking about maybe Denver taking a quarterback early because they kind of have to. Um, there's a lot of variables here. Personally, I, uh, if I'm any other team besides uh, the Rams and, and, and the Browns, I'd hold off. There are plenty of other quarterback prospects that can be had. Connor Cook is a, is a second-round pick. Uh, you're talking about, you know, Dak Prescott from Mississippi State. He's a good, he's a good prospect out there. there. There are plenty of guys that you can get in if you don't need a quarterback. If you need a quarterback and you, you're not picking top two, you're not going to get him. Okay, that's that's really going to be a tough one right there. And I'm going to try to sneak one more question out of you. Obviously, Hard Knocks coming up. Do you feel like this was a big publicity stunt in regards to the Rams trying to get attention? Uh, I think it's I think it's a number of things. Uh, I think that's part of it. That's that's definitely part of it. You know, you want to generate buzz going into L.A. Uh, you, you, the, the number one overall pick quarterback, to, especially for Jared Goff, the local kid. You know, a lot of buzz is going to be generated for that. Not that L.A. needs buzz or HBO needs buzz. That. It, that's definitely a factor. Another thing I will say is that, like, you know, we just talked about it earlier, it's a lot to give up for, you know, mediocre quarterbacks. So you're talking about, I think Jeff, listen, I've, I've been calling for Jeff Fisher's head for years now. <laughs> he's Mr. 7-9. and nine. He, He's setting up the, the Rams to fail for the future. It's like, you can't give up that much when it's not a sure thing. If it's Andrew Luck, if it's RG3, you make that deal. But if it's Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, you don't do it. And I think Jeff Fisher knows that his time in L.A. is limited, and he's setting them up for to fail for the future. I disagree with the move. Okay, definitely agree with that. As um, from Stan Talawis, he's our NFL guru for keeping it real sports.com. Stan, thanks again, man. No, anytime. Look out for my uh, for my mock draft that's coming soon. And uh, tomorrow night I'll be on Floor Empire, Empire Radio, uh, Beers and Brewskis, or, or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> somewhere he's on he's on that show. He doesn't know which one, but he's on there. Okay. It's somewhere. It's somewhere. <laughs> Just follow me on Twitter and Facebook and all that. I'll, I'll tweet it out. Okay, no problem. Thanks, Stan. All right, thanks, man. <laughs> so, see, there you go right there. It's a little bit of a mixed reaction in regards to in regards to that move, uh, even Stan saying, like, you know, just why why make the move there? It's funny because now I'm going to play a clip, and this is from uh, Ian Rappaport. He is the the, the main uh, pretty much insider for NFL.com as well as the NFL Network. He gave his thoughts on the move, and uh, it's uh, very interesting. So I just want to give a, a little bit of that, a little bit of sound in regards to what he was talking about with the move. This is from uh, Ian Rappaport, and I believe this is from a little earlier today. So uh, let's hear what he has to say. Help us make some sense of this. 
Well, this is something that really does make a lot of sense. First of all, the Rams, we know they have Case Keenum at quarterback, but they have been looking for a franchise quarterback for some time. First, they thought it was Sam Bradford for several years. Then injuries got in the way. They decided to trade him, and they thought that maybe, maybe Nick Foles would be their guy. That did not materialize. So now they have Case Keenum installed as their starter, but they have been clearly doing their due diligence and trying to find another big-time, long-time starting quarterback. And what they have done the past couple weeks is in very clandestine, in fashion, work out some of the QBs, do their due diligence. They flew up to North Dakota State, and I'm told worked out Carson Wentz under shrouds of secrecy. Nobody was supposed to say anything about that workout, and the reason is because the Rams the whole time were working to move up to number one. They had some competition. The Eagles were also interested. There were several other teams who were calling the Titans but the Rams clearly, clearly were the team that wanted to get this done. And they paid a haul to do it. Yeah. Multiple first-round picks, multiple second-round picks, multiple third-round picks. And for the Titans, this is something that also for, for new general manager John Robinson, who did not seem to be sold on the number one overall pick. He was debating between a couple players at this position. What the Titans wanted to do, if they did make a trade, was get something to secure their franchise for the next 10 years, not just this year. And they believe they did that. They needed a haul to get it done. And that is exactly what they got. Look at these numbers. They got several number ones. They got several number twos. These are the building blocks for what the Titans hope will carry them through the next decade. And let's be real. The Rams new digs, Hollywood, Tinseltown. So was this a big splash that they were looking for? Well, this is not going to be the big splash that's going to happen or really affect their franchise this year. Because it certainly makes sense that Case Keenum will be their starting quarterback still for the 2016 season. I've talked to a lot of people who've evaluated both Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. And there are few people who believe that either of these guys will step in and be a day one starter right away. What this really does is it sets them up to thrive in L.A. after this year, in 2017, 2018. Whenever they uh, build their new stadium, whenever they are finally able to move into the new stadium, they believe they will have a franchise quarterback to do that. Ian Rappaport with the latest. On that was Ian Rappaport's on uh, just giving the breakdown of what actually was going on in regards to that move. I mean, wow. It was one of those moves that it sets the team up. He's talking more like it's a good move. This is pretty much the opposite of what we were saying. But, you know, hey, you gotta, you've got to think about the rest of the league and what they want to do in regards to a quarterback. And they talk about the, the desperation that was in L.A. and how they needed someone, like anyone, just to play that position. So I completely understand the desperation, in a sense, of why they would want to pull a trigger on that. But uh, still, I Jared Goff, number one pick. Karen Carson Wentz, number one pick. And you heard that they were doing secret workouts. Secret workouts, we guys. I mean, this is some covert stuff here. They're really taking every every precaution here to make sure that they got the right guy. So it should be interesting. It should be very interesting to see how the uh, Rams play this off. And if they, I think Wentz sounds like the pick. According to Ian Rappaport, it sounds like it's going to be Wentz. They must have seen, they must have seen something in his workouts. That got them so excited to, to be willing to trade up and take the number one slot. So, interesting stuff. 
And uh, hey, I can't. Team is trying to win, and this is is gonna be a very publicized and very criticized move moving forward. No matter how the guy does, whoever they take, how can you not expect it? You know, I mean, it's really that type of um, that type of that type of team where you just don't know what they're gonna do. But once again, we're gonna take your calls five one six nine zero zero two two seven eight. I'm gonna make that switch now. We talked as much we can about this trade. We're going to make that transition to talk about last night's festivities. I'm going to play a collection of audio clips from some of the uh, best sounds from both games. It's really cool. You can actually watch the video of it on KeepItARealSports.com, which is up. It's still going to be going under a little bit of a, of a facelift, but you can still catch it on there. It's up. It is live. Go to KeepItGetRealSports.com, and you can watch just some of the um, the highlights of last night. I'm going to play the audio, so you're going to hear that as well. Uh, when we come back. But uh, like I was saying, still taking your phone calls, 516-900-2278. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton. We'll be right back.
Sports Social with Eddie Easton once again. This is we're on Southcast FM. The, I, I'm keep hearing the electric bill is paid. That's what I've been I've been told. That's that's what I'm being told. Got me worried. I mean, a lady called on the air. She was serious about this. She you can't play with her money. That's real. Oh man! Once again, five one six nine zero zero two two seven eight. And uh, I guess I want to talk about the crazy night last night. No, not my personal life. I'm talking about what happened with the games last night in terms of the Lakers and, and the Warriors and the Kobe Bryant 60 points. I'm going to get some more feedback on that. Like I said, I had uh, Lana B call yesterday, and we did a whole Kobe special, and she's a huge Kobe fan. She's from L.A. She wants to give her a huge recap on how she experienced the night, you know, because she said she was only going to watch – Kobe and everything and how he's, you know, he's the best thing ever. I can't wait to hear her thoughts on it. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be very opinionated because uh, she's never not opinionated. But what I'm going to do is get let everybody feel the ambiance of what happened with both games. So this is back to what I was saying with the audio from uh, last night, which was insane. Just enjoy it. It's a, it's a bit lengthy, but it's I'm telling you, it's all good stuff. You get a call from Mike Tirico as well as Mike Breen doing on both sides from either Golden State or in L.A. So it's uh, definitely a lot of good stuff, and I'm going to get into it right now. Once again, this is Sports Social with Ed Easton. Just uh, check this out. There have been many significant basketball nights here at the Staples Center in downtown Los Angeles, but none like this. In 1996, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls accomplished the unthinkable. The Bulls finished the regular season, 72 wins, NBA history. Kobe Bryant arrives here for one final night on the job. After spending half his life as a Laker, tonight he plays his final game. In front of an adoring crowd, the fans and the famous all on hand to see Kobe put on the Laker jersey and lace him up one last time. The accomplishment that we're looking for is 73. This brilliant season has already made history. Tonight, an opportunity to call it the greatest of all time. as they call themselves, out in full force. They have witnessed brilliant basketball all season. And the other forward for the final time, number 24 on the floor, 6-6. Five-time world champion, Kobe Bryant. And one game to go before the playoffs begin. It is our honor and pleasure to bring it to you. Finds Curry, open three, puts it in. 
desperate to get to the basket and score. And he does. Hey. Curry, another three. Got it. Kobe. Number two. Well, they're playing to him. There's no doubt about it. For 10 and Curry. Oh, my goodness. From about five feet beyond the arc. Curry now with three threes. He's five away from 400. Oh, pretty. And one. Green back to Curry. Kobe. Oh, boy. Gets a two. Oh, boy. Four in a row for Bryant. Curry again. Look at Kobe. Give me the ball. Feeling it. Firing. Oh, got him all. This is like old times now. They're giving him space. Six three-pointers here in the first. Oh. And Nets rise and throw it down. And that probably did a pretty good job. In fact, he did. Oh, he indicated to me that this was going to be his final season. Bryant going baseline. And he lays it in. Nearly a dunk. Kobe goes around, Lyles, up it goes. Kobe's got another one. And the pass. Curry, feet set. Three down. <laughs> He's got it locked in. Hesitates on Hayward. The patented Bryant fadeaway would not go down in the first half. Has come to an end. Four minutes of Kobe Bryant left. He played 18. That was the plan. And he scored 22 points. Buzzer sounds. Ending the first half. Steph Curry, 25 points, 7 threes. The Warriors, 14 three-pointers. And they play differently than a lot of teams now in the league. Old-fashioned. What has Curry does it? 400 three-pointers in a season. Although 73 is not a round number. Curry hits again. Stephen Curry from way downtown. His ninth three-pointer of the game. 29 assists. Curry catches. Three-pointer. Bang! Bryant here. Hits another three. 43. Bryant gets to the basket and has 47 points. Bryant going to the basket. Kobe yes. Bryant! There it is! A 50-point game in his farewell. And they deserve a lot of credit for their mentality and their all-time accomplishment. Bulls that won 72, they won 69 the next year. As Barnes rattles in a three. Like getting back to what you just finished talking about the credit coming off of winning a championship. I've been part of teams as Harrison Barnes hits a tough turnaround jump shot. I don't
minute 30. Bryant from 14. Has 53! Unbelievable stuff tonight! Kobe's got the Lakers' last tip. Bryant for three. Go! Oh! Oh! oh. <laughs> Here they have the chance. The Lakers down one. Will Kobe give them one last gamer? Bryant on the move with the jumper. He And they'll dribble it out. Final seconds here at Oracle Arena. It's official number 73. The greatest regular season in NBA history now belongs to the 2016 Golden State Warriors. for 60. He has six 60-point games in his career. career with a win and one of the great farewell performances in any sport. The support night in and night out that y'all bring to this arena is incredible. You know, to win 40, what, 39 games at home is incredible. And it's impossible to achieve this without winning all those home games. So, I, I want to thank God, most importantly, but thank y'all fans for ev everything that y'all do for us. Now let's go get this championship. We will now address the fans here at Staples Center one last time. You know, it's, uh, I can't believe how fast 20 years went by. I mean, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And, uh, you know, to be standing here at center court with you guys, my teammates behind me, and uh, appreciating all this, 
you know, the journey that we've been on. You know, we've been through our ups and been through our downs. And uh, I think the most important part is that we all stay together throughout. You know, I grew up, I grew up a diehard, I mean a diehard Laker fan. Diehard. I mean, I knew, knew everything about every player that's ever played here. So to be drafted and then traded to this organization and to spend 20 years here, I mean, you can't, you can't write something better than this. And I'm more, proud, I'm more proud of the fact that not about the championships, but about the down years because we didn't run. We didn't run. We played through all that stuff and we got our championships and we did it the right way. And uh, all I can do here is just thank you guys. Thank you guys for all the years of support. Thank you guys for all the motivation. Thank you for all the inspiration. And uh, you know, what's funny, <laughs> the thing that had me cracking up all night long was the fact that I go through 20 years of everybody screaming to pass the ball, and on the last night, they're like, don't pass it. <laughs> this, has been, this has been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, you guys will always be in my heart, and uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys. And uh, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family, to my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training. And Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out. And then the fact that we haven't seen very many competitors with this type of passion 24-7 and then the ability to withstand the pain of all of the critical injuries that he's had. It's just a marvel that he could come out here tonight and send every person in this building home with a major smile on their face. It's great. Just incredible. I mean, I'm talking about all the uh, the different things going on from the night, from, from last night. And this was late last night, obviously. This is all West Coast time. So everybody on the East Coast, you know, you have to get up and go to work. Had a, you had a bit of a hangover. It was a Wednesday night going into a Thursday morning. It's great night. Just a great night for, uh, for the NBA. And like I said, it kind of just overshadowed everything else that was going on. I mean, just great stuff. So... Definitely a uh, shout out to Kobe Bryant. I'm going to play a little bit of his uh, farewell exit interview later when we close out the show. But uh, it, it was just incredible. The energy from going back and forth to the games. Uh, Steph Curry, let's really put that out. The 403 pointers, as the, the record is up there. I don't think anybody breaks that. I don't know if 73 wins can be broken. But at the same time, there was, was a time when we didn't think 72 wins could be broken. So how good is Steve Kerr? 
can we put that in perspective? The guy was on the 72 uh, 72 win Chicago Bulls team. He played one titles with the uh, San Antonio Spurs. And he wins a title his first year as a coach with the Golden State Warriors and then wins 73 games the very next year. I don't know if he's the luckiest man in the world. It's I, I don't know, but it's, it's up there. I mean, it's incredible. Just incredible how how that can even how that's even possible. And you know, you gotta love what they did in Golden State. You gotta love the mixture of characters they have from just Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. Even their bench with Sean Livingston. You know, Leandro Barbosa. Spates. Like everybody played their role on this team. And that's the biggest thing. Like, you always talk about just playing your role. That's that's what it comes down to. So definitely a lot of a salute to the Golden State Warriors. They more than deserved everything they're getting and just a great job. Great job all around. Uh, you know, obviously the Lakers are a totally different story. Uh, it was it was actually interesting, and and I'm gonna bring this up. Two things that I think people were making complaints about, or even like were stupid to even actually be going down. Uh, Lou Williams got into a Twitter beef with Lashawn McCoy last night after the uh, after the game. A Twitter beef, like Lou Williams gets into a Twitter beef with Lashawn McCoy now. Let's be honest. Both guys are dumb. They're, you're too grown to be doing stuff like that. And they're going back and forth at each other, talking about you know you can't fight, you don't go, you're not going to see me, you're a Twitter thug, all this stuff. Really, guys? Really? We just had one of the greatest nights in sports, and these guys are going to have a fight on Twitter. This is what's come down to. Just incredible. I, I did not expect something like that to happen, but you know, it's, it's dumb things like that. And the second thing was, uh, I don't know when you heard uh, Kobe's speech at the end. He makes mention to staying with one team and doing it the right way, never abandoning each other. Some people on Twitter took that as a shot at LeBron James. I don't necessarily think that he was trying to take a shot at LeBron. But that was pretty bad. If he does. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, that's the only other person that you know you can think of that can leave a team, come back, and do all this stuff. It looked like it almost an indirect shot at LeBron James. But at that point, Kobe can say whatever he wants now. The guy had the, the perfect ending to a career that I think I've ever seen in the, in any sport. That's the that's just the reality of the situation. So with all that being said, we turn our attentions to what we should be talking about. The NBA playoffs start this Saturday. And uh, the games are, you know, they, they have the schedule out. But I just want to talk about the matchups really quick. Here are Saturday's games. 
Indiana takes on Toronto to kick everything off on ESPN at 12.30. Followed by on ABC, Houston and Golden State. Houston able to pick up that win yesterday to uh, clinch a playoff spot. And pretty much took the, you know, the, uh, the energy out of Utah because Utah was hoping for a loss there, but couldn't do anything about that. So that's the uh, second game. That's going to be on ABC. The third game of the night is going to be uh, at 7 o'clock, Boston versus Atlanta. That should be a lot of fun. Followed by, and that's going to be on ESPN. Also, all these games are on ESPN or ABC. The uh, last game of the night, Dallas and OKC. Those two always seem to have good, good matchups all the time. So, uh, should be fun. That's game one of their series at 9.30. Then on Sunday, you have the everything starting at 3 o'clock with Detroit and Cleveland. That's going to be on ABC. On TNT is going to be Charlotte and Miami. Followed by Memphis and San Antonio at 8 o'clock. And uh, I think it's going to be a fun series. Portland and the Clippers at 10.30. That's Saturday and Sunday, the uh, start of the NBA playoffs. Now, I'm going to take a quick look at these uh, series. I think the Portland and Clippers series should be a lot of fun, depending on the injury situation with Blake Griffin. Is he going to be? Is he really 100%? We don't know. He played pretty well towards the end after coming back from the injury. That's going to be, you know, the Clippers also, it's it's so shaky. You want to pick them because they have such a good roster, it looks like, but they're so shaky at times that you just don't know. So that's the Clippers and uh, Trailblazers. I think it's going to be a uh, a good matchup with Charlotte and Miami, even though Miami looked very, very interesting because they, they lost that game against Boston after, I, I don't know, they had like a 20-plus point lead in the first half, and they just fell apart. So Charlotte, I think, is a team that doesn't get enough respect. I like Kemba Walker a lot. I think him and Jeremy Lin just, they form such a great combo. Which is actually a surprising combination when you really think about it. Kemba Walker, I I think, is one of those guys, one of the best one-on-one players in the NBA. There's just not many people that can stay in front of him. And this is going back to his days at Connecticut, when he was cardiac Kemba making game-winning shots. But uh, I think that'll be a fun matchup. Also, uh, Boston and Atlanta. I I see Boston winning that series. I mean, as much as Atlanta is a good team, Kyle Korver, Jeff Teague, they haven't shown up all season. And they're going to be critical going against Isaiah Thomas, going against the the, the different matchups because Boston throws a variety of players at you from Smart to Thomas to Bradley, uh, Crowder. It's, It's so many different players that are just solid players. They're not superstar players, but... They get the job done, and they don't really lack when it comes to energy. They're willing to come back from big leads, as they did last night, to uh, pick up the victory. So it it should be very interesting to see how things really uh, come together in that series. I can see that going seven games. I'm not really sold on Atlanta. They they got the four seed, but still not sold on them. Golden State and Houston. Uh, Houston got lucky. I don't. I don't see Houston uh, doing much. Golden State's hot right now, as well as San Antonio, Memphis. Memphis is way too banged up, and uh, they just as as valiant as they have been playing, it's not enough. And I think they're going to be in trouble when it comes in that series. I'm taking San Antonio, possibly in a sweep. That's that's really as good as it gets. I think they are going to get swept in that series, so we're going to see that one as well. 
Uh, OKC Dallas should be fun, but OKC is a better team than Dallas. Uh, Darren Williams is half of what he used to be. And, uh, you know, Dirk Davisky can only carry but so much, man. So uh, I, I'm going with OKC all the way on that one. But uh, like I said, these are some fun playoff series. Even Detroit versus Cleveland should be fun because I'm such a fan of Stan Van Gundy as a coach. He really gets his guys up to play. And Cleveland has not been that dominant. They've been good, but they haven't been dominant. And if you're going to be a number one seed, especially in the NBA, you got to be a dominant seed. So I can see it upset brewing there. I'm not going to, you know, try to even look at Cleveland as maybe even being a finals contender because the East is not, it's still better than what it used to be, but not as strong. It's not top heavy. That's the best way to describe it. Not a top heavy uh, conference anymore. So I feel like Cleveland is going to have his issues with Detroit. I like Reggie Jackson. I like Andre Drummond. Even the pieces with Tobias Harris, those guys, uh, I feel like they play together well. And, you know, let's be honest, they have nothing to lose here. Not much is expected from them. Now they get to be on the national stage. So it should be a, a lot of fun in that series. And that all, like like I said, everything tips off starting at 1230 this Saturday. That is the uh, Pacers and the Raptors to kick everything off in the first round of the 2016 NBA playoffs. The finals are going to be slated for June 2nd. They've already got that in advance. So that's June 2nd for the uh, fly for the uh, NBA finals game. So definitely check that out. But uh, all in all, it was a great show tonight. I mean, today, I should say. Uh, I still haven't slept. That's what I feel like. Just uh, the energy from last night and just... The surprise from this morning with the trade in the NFL, it kind of lets you know that a um, anything is possible. You don't know what type of deals are going to be made, what type of behind-the-scenes situations are going on, and that was one probably the biggest example of that. I'm really looking forward to the NBA playoffs, as well as like the NHL playoffs. And I was told by the WNBA draft is tonight. So people just, if you if you have a chance, have multiple TVs on because you got so much going on. You got the WNBA draft, you got the NHL playoffs. You got there's no NBA today, no NBA, uh, but you do have the 30 for 30, which I think is going to be very good with the Orlando Magic. And for anybody that was an Orlando Magic fan back in the day, you understand what I mean. It should be really good in terms of how they they talk about that situation. Like, what if Shaq really stayed? Anybody ever thought about that? What if Shaq really stayed? He never went to Orlando. Would Kobe Bryant be in the cards? That's that's one of the things you got to think about as well. But who knows? We could play the coulda, woulda, shoulda game all day. But it really doesn't change much. So what we're going to do is until next week, we're back on Sports Social. 
I want to remind everybody, check out all the games today. And uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Because it will be a heavy sports weekend and I will be watching. So definitely tweet at me, at Ed Easton Jr. I'll follow you back. Till next time, everybody. Have a good one. The Orlando Magic selects Shaquille O'Neal. The Orlando Magic were like a fairy tale team in a fairy tale city. To go back to back and get the two number one picks. <laughs> how much luck can they have? This Penny Hardaway kid, you gotta get him. Can you do that for a <laughs> Shaquille could be a combination for the next 10 to 15 years. Now run out for Penny. He'll feed Shaq. We were Shaq and Kobe before Shaq and Kobe. We were young, we were having so much fun, and we were winning. Yes! What more could you want? I saw championships. That's all I saw. It was this meteor, and here it was coming. The Magic say, why not us? Why not now? Then all of a sudden, it just vanished. <laughs>